Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. The following is a presentation of the Four Center podcast feed. From the center of the galaxy, this is The Other Center, presented by Four Center podcast feed. I'm Ken Napsa. I'm Joseph Scrimshaw, and I'm happy to be here on Other Center, presented by Force Center, which actually makes it sound like everything's like very, very fancy, like we have corporations within corporations. Or it sounds like we're doing a variety show in 1953. The Texaco <laughs> presents Other Center, which was, I thought, yes. one of my favorite things of the Dana Carvey show, of that ill-fated show, but um, that's another story. Maybe we'll cover that in another Other Center. Uh, for those uh, of you who are just joining and uh, have not maybe been... Uh, 
caught up with the show. Uh, we are, uh, yes, doing non-Star Wars episodes right now in support of the SAG-AFTRA and WGA strikes. And beyond just support, that's number one. We want to support mm-hmm. too. We've explained some of the reasons before with Jen being SAG, me SAG eligible, Joseph uh, wanted to be SAG as an act to perform, but also having active contracts as an independent producer with SAG-AFTRA. Uh, it's important for us to be as careful as we can. Other people are covering the shows under uh, different uh, titles, reviewers, analysis, and uh, we think that's great for them. Some of them are very close friends. Uh, This is a decision that has been made for us, and uh, we appreciate all of you uh, following us on this journey. Or some of you have politely said, hey, I'll check back in when uh, (laughs) the Wars of the Stars return. And we actually really understand that to uh so yeah joseph we're here we're here and, and yeah. I, I don't want to ever speak for you but uh uh that's kind of where we're at yeah no and I'm, I'm happy to be on this journey and like like ken said i deeply respect anybody uh feeling any way uh they do about us taking a break from star wars here on our star wars podcast we've had some uh people on on patreon pause uh and, and say hey I'm, I'm here for star wars that's totally fine we totally respect that we have, uh, you know, a lot of people who have really supported that this is what is right to us. And I know we've we've said it multiple times, but just to be crystal clear, mm-hmm. this is about support. This is about what we believe in. Uh, but also, SAG-AFTRA has put out clear guidance that discussing even past work of a struck mm-hmm. company like Disney Lucasfilm is not something union members are allowed to do. And Jennifer is in SAG. For So for Ken and I, there's some amount of we want to be in alignment as people who have business with SAG and want to be in, in SAG in the future. But Jennifer straight up cannot talk about Star Wars. Those are the union rules that have been put out with no ambiguity. So I just also want to make that really clear that, you know, that is a big part of this. Of <laughs> We don't want to just say, bye, Jen. You know, <laughs> you, you can't do this right now. So we'll just, you know, bounce along without you. I, yeah. You know, uh, it, it, even though she's not on it on a, every episode with us, that just doesn't sit right with me. Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely agree with you there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, we're on to other center adventures, uh, broadcasting from the center of the galaxy. For me, that right now is a basement in Wisconsin, um, which Ooh. sounds like some red letter media joke. Like I've, <laughs> like, <laughs> like I've been getting pizza rolls. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and, yeah and I want some pizza rolls. And the bad analysis. But anyways. Um, <laughs> yeah, but I'm here uh, in Wisconsin for the uh, the celebration of life and uh, memorial for my father-in-law who who passed a, a little while back. And we had that yesterday and spending some quality time here uh, with my in-laws. So it's uh, it's great to be in a basement in Wisconsin still talking to Ken. Yeah, you sound wonderful. You sound great. Uh much love to everyone out there. We're going to dive into a topic here shortly. Oh, this is going to be fun. We're calling it Social Media of Doom. But before we get that, don't forget, <laughs> uh, you can still support the show uh, by going to visit our sponsor here. Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash center. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. A little bit later, we'll have a Force Center Recommends and other Center Recommends, I really should say, of what <laughs> you might want to try out on us. But Joseph, we are going to be talking social media today. 
That is right. I'm very excited to talk about these other center topics. And they're all, all topics so far that we do talk about. They bleed into our discussion uh, of that galaxy far, far away because of just the big sort of thematic ideas uh, in the storytelling. Uh, but this is, I was thinking about, oh, we've got to do another center episode uh, recording in a basement in Wisconsin. And I was thinking like, what's what's something that's uh, really uh, taken up a, a lot of my mental space? What am I kind of, you know, uh, obsessed with? I used to do my obsessed podcast. And I was thinking about this while I was staring at lots of bad social media news. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, ah, yes, social media, the good, the bad, the future. That would be really fun to discuss. So that is what we're doing today. Ken, uh, to get us started, uh, my big picture question, uh, social media is, is a part of our lives. I think everyone's lives, even if they're not on social media, it still ha- helps to shape things. So it's here, whether we like it or not. And, you know, we'll talk about our, our origins, the joys and the terrors. But I wanted to start with the present and ask you, what is your relationship with social media right now? Well, right now I have my phone in my hand and I have a folder on the iPhone uh, that has all my social media apps on it, including Peach, Hive, Mastodon, all the ones that I don't necessarily use, <laughs> Vero, which I still occasionally go into and just post a picture to myself. Uh, and I call the folder Rage Machine, um, <laughs> which is something I did a couple of years ago. So I, like a lot of people, have a complicated relationship with social media now. We're going to get into that. But here's the thing. I like where you're starting. It's It's not going away. We've got big changes going on. There's always big changes going on. I remember the first time I was like, what's a Vine? A six-second video? What? Who would do that? Uh, I, I love the changes, and I love moving with the changes, and I'm trying to uh, make sure I embrace new formats, uh, new ways of getting the message or, or the art or the content or the fun out there. Um, so I, I actually like it. And I also, big picture thing, this is, this is I don't know, cars, flight, trains, Boats, the wheel, and and social media. These are like the, mm-hmm. in, the inventions that have absolutely changed the world. And you can't go back from that. And I wouldn't want to go back from that. Um, and so, therefore, I actually have more of a positive relationship with social media overall. Uh, but like with a lot of things, any any advancing or new te- or emerging technology, it's here. You got to figure out the best way to use it and how to keep it out of the hands of those who would use it to destroy or gain more power. Uh, <laughs> And I love that you have it on your phone with a content warning to yourself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when you label uh, the folder Rage Machine, is that a reminder to yourself that if you go into those apps, you will see lots of things where people are raging? Or yeah. is Rage Machine more a men- message mm-hmm. to yourself that if you spend too much time there, you will rage? Yes, it's it's for me. Um, <laughs> it's for me because you can get pulled in so quickly. Uh, it's a probably a separate podcast, but I um, I went from someone who was, I, you know, I, I love a good UFO story. I'll chase Bigfoot with you. I'd love to talk about it. I think if you had saw something weird as I did in the sky in 2001, uh, let's talk about it, figure out what it is. I went from that to fighting against uh, what uh, people are calling confirmation of, of, of UFOs after hearing last week. And I suddenly found myself in UFO Twitter and I had to stop again because... They're not getting angry. 
I'm getting <laughs> it. It's affecting me. Uh, not them with their blue check mark they paid for. Not them with their uh, absolute proof in their minds. Um, it, it, me uh, holding on to reason and logic or just going, pump the brakes, man. Uh, it's been sad. I had a once again pluck. So that so this this emerged from like Star Wars Twitter. Um, mm-hmm. I still have every word mute, muted. It isn't about you. You tweet what you want, but I have to monitor myself. Hmm. Yeah. That's very good. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I, I definitely get angry myself, but then I'm also affected by the number of people um, who are in a, a place of of anger in, mm-hmm. in the way that they're uh, expressing themselves on social media and ranging from everything to, in my opinion, like extremely dangerous political things mm-hmm. that are lies, like that, you know, Nazis, to be perfectly honest, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. and anger all the way up to like people I deeply agree with who are presenting everything in a tone of anger to things like this really yeah. doesn't matter that you're super angry at people who don't like olives. <laughs> Do we need to like, I, I think that sometimes what gets to me is the, the anger from all sorts of different perspectives and then that general tone. So rage machine, I, I might, uh, I might adopt that as, uh, as a folder as well. Uh, yeah, this is, this could easily spill out to an hour conversation of our overall picture, but you just said something uh, that really reminded me of when I labeled this, it wasn't uh, uh, during last Jedi. It wasn't mm-hmm. when I was maybe being attacked or something for being, you know, an attack doesn't put quotation marks around that. Um, for loving the last Jedi, it actually emerged following Rise of Skywalker. Whereas you yeah. said people I love and respect didn't like the movie. Fair enough. The method in which they were going around talking about, it, I was like, I can't, I can't. You're making me angry. <laughs> yep. No. <laughs> there, there's some things I just can't like. Uh, I didn't. Uh, I didn't look at. I avoided any reactions to Dial of Destiny for like two days after I saw it because, like, fair enough, whatever opinion you, ha- you want to have, that's just fine. I loved it. And I just want to stay there yeah. <laughs> for like yeah. two days, and then and then I'll go into into the weeds. Uh, yeah, it, it, you started your uh, summary of your overall reaction with the exact same way uh, uh, for me of it's complicated, which is funny since it's the whole uh you know relationship thing you can what kind of relationship are you in it's complicated (laughs) that is i think almost everyone's relationship with social media yeah and i agree that it's just it 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 isn't as simple as is it good or is it bad i I love the list of uh inventions that changed the the world that you listed and i think of it so much in line with uh the printing press the phone, radio, television, anything that advanced how quickly we can all exchange ideas. Mm-hmm. That is is truly what changes humanity, in, in my opinion, is how quickly you can exchange ideas. And now we can exchange ideas lightning fast. And it's mm-hmm. fun to say, exchange ideas, because sometimes it's <laughs> ideas. But a lot of times it's just, now I can call someone a bad word because they, you know, disliked <laughs> a uh-huh. television show from 20 years ago in an instant. I used yeah. to have to go to the printing press or send them a letter to tell them they were wrong about it, this episode of ER. But now I can tell them that mm-hmm. immediately. Um, uh-huh. But but that is that is it to me is, is it is the there are some things that are certainly unique about social media and we'll talk about it, but it is the good and the bad of human communication and how quickly it can happen and how do we want to communicate to one another. Um, mm-hmm. And that's, I think, where I'm at with social media right now is being able to recognize what I do want, um, which is two. I want two things out of it. I want connection and community, which means I want to just be able to scroll. And in general, like particularly 
the closer to real time, the better. What is happening right now and how do people feel about it? How are they joking about it? How are they responding to it? If it's, you know, international things, if it's national things, if it's local things, you know, people really joke about loving um, uh, uh, earthquake Twitter in LA. Like that's, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that's community of like a thing is happening and, mm -hmm. and, and how is everybody responding to it? And it makes us feel more together mm -hmm. uh, because we're all responding to the same thing. Um, and I think that's what I'm mourning right now. Cause I think Twitter was the best for, immediate community and that is being shattered there's still a little bit of a on facebook and instagram but there's so many ads and mm. shoving me people i don't follow and showing yeah. me you know the same post that a friend i want to see their posts but they posted that three days ago and you've shown it to me 87 times <laughs> starts to eat away at the community um <laughs> Yeah. So there's like the connection and community part I want. And then I think a, a big thing that a lot of people are feeling with the, the shattering uh, of Twitter is so many of so many people who are indie artists or even just indie of, of any kind. You're not a large car corporation. Maybe, maybe you sell widgets, but you do it, you know, you sell in, independent widgets. Uh, maybe you 3D print one little part for antique cars and that's your business. It isn't just creative. It's anybody who built a business. Social media has destroyed blogs, websites, mm -hmm. email lists. Um, and we replace them with our ability to reach, uh, to broadcast for our careers, for our professions. And mm. losing that is, is devastating financially um, mm -hmm. to a ton of people. And like, so when I think about what, where am I at with social media, what do I miss now that it is um, becoming particularly fractured is I want that connection and community in real time. And for my career, for my livelihood, for our livelihood uh, on, on Force mm -hmm. Center, Other Center, uh, we need to be able to broadcast. We need to be able to reach yeah. people with our message in order to make, money and live mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah uh that's when i say i have a complicated relationship with social media i also uh, am aware that I, I think i really only have a career that uh, finally took me out of a day job i didn't like and everything because because of of it because yeah. i could say here i am where people found me uh and i'm, I'm not alone in that you're not uh, you're, you're on that team as well and 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 i i, I that's the only fear i have like I, i'm still on uh, x dot com or whatever the hell it is now uh i'm still there the reason i'm there is i have a radio show that i need people to know about that's the only spot that i can really mm -hmm. get it out uh and, and get it out in the same way um in, in instagram maybe maybe on stories it's an immediate thing but like that's the only proven ground and even then for years links have been suppressed and all those kind of uh, mm -hmm. conspiracy theories that are sometimes uh, proven to be true i would think um yeah, yeah, I, I'm I, I'm with you on that. It, you, you, it, the world got changed by this, and we all found a way to uh, make not make a living from it, but make a living with it uh, and alongside of it, and because of it. And then that got whipped, uh, you know, whisked away. <laughs> the tablecloth <laughs> got pulled out, and and now now we're trying to figure out how to how to get that going again. Yeah, exactly. And we'll talk more about it. So I'll, I'll edit myself now on the, the other thoughts about uh, what is being lost. Uh, but for now, Ken, I want to go back in time. What was your first social media? Was it Friendster, MySpace, Facebook? And, and what were your initial reactions to this newfangled thing? Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, I, was, I, was, I, was, I actually got a tab open because I'm trying to confirm 
Yeah, this is why I always say be, be wary of witnesses because no one ever gets it 100% right. In 17 years of being a professional witness gatherer, I can tell you, never did anyone have 100% memory. Correct. Uh, you know what I'm saying there. Uh, mm -hmm. Where's my tab? Where's my tab? Uh, yeah, okay. So Friendster was it. Um, and I signed up in early 2003. I always think 2002, but that's when Friendster launched, but it really didn't launch publicly till 2003. And that would sync up. I got an email uh, from my friend, uh, uh, Melinda Hill, a great comic, uh, works a lot with Maria Bamford. And we've all uh, been in the Groundlings together, uh, final class. And this was like Mikey Day and Kristen Wiig and all these cool people. We, all, we, were, we were all very close and tight. And she sent us an email, a bunch of other people on it too. And the email just said, this sounds like fun. And I, I'll never forget that because I, I was like, oh, I like fun. And I was sitting in my day job. My, my, I was working. My, my start of my shift was 6 a.m. I was sitting there <laughs> about 7 a.m. at a desk. She must have sent the email during the nighttime. And I was, you know, hey, no, I got voted out of the ground lanes. I'm depressed. Depression's hitting in. Uh, where, what am I going to do? I've been, to, I've been in LA five years now. What's going to happen to me? My career's over. Oh, my God. I'm convention, convention. And then this email comes across. You want to have fun? This should be fun. Uh, hey, yeah, you should have fun. No. And I was like, oh, great. And I signed up right then and there for Friendster. I'll never forget the email. <laughs> never forget my life changing with a sign-up button press. So what What did you do on Friendster? And did you did you like it? Like, I, that's well, a beautiful story of the where you're at and, like, this glowing, like, mm -hmm. <laughs> Friendster is like an angel coming down to save yeah. you. But did it? Uh, I thought it did. Um Here's what it did, and, and, and this and this this is why you know people smarter than me and degrees on their walls can probably explain it. Uh, and I know you with your, your ability to look at themes and personal themes could probably explain it. But it's it's pretty obvious. I think it's like you, all of us got you get to be a star. Mm. You get your profile. You put your picture up. You t you tell people about yourself. People come. Well, who are you? Oh, that's you. That's me. And you get to interact. You get to you get an audience. Uh, you get to meet people you don't know or connect or you get, and, you know, and, and then you get to explore the people that, you know, there was a time where you'd meet someone and I'm not just talking about someone you may be romantically interested in, but like a, a friend, I mean, I meet this Joseph Scrimshaw guy at a convention. I'd only know uh, of, about you from, you know, based on what you wanted to tell me. <laughs> <laughs> or I had a good library and look up a microfiche and get some, uh, you know, newspaper clippings and reviews from your theater performances in Minnesota. But instead I just go to Facebook and there you are. Mm -hmm. And I get to explore your life and who is this person? And uh, do I want to work with him? Oh yeah. Seems great. He likes squirrels. I like this guy. <laughs> um, and, 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 and have that all just kind of explode out in front of you uh, and generations you know, younger generations grew up with this and you can't change the time you're born. But like, mm -hmm. I, I feel those moments, this changed my life in the press of a button. I remember I've said, told the story before, but my dad coming home, gather around kids. We, we got a microwave now and him warming a piece of bread in 20 <laughs> seconds and me thinking, Oh, like it, it's for you. The world's changed right in front of you. And, and that was one of those moments where now I could go, who is that person? Or oh, do I like that person? Or, Oh, they liked, they, they laughed at my joke. Who is it? And then you just, it, it's that feel, it, it feels that need to be seen, heard and celebrated. Yeah. That's, and you got that pretty quickly with, even with Friendster. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Because, because, um, 
you know, I, I wasn't doing stand up yet. I, w- I would start stand up mm. in March 2003. I had just finished my time at the ground lease, but I wasn't doing other shows. Um, and if you have an audience, it's fun. And, and, and I uh, yeah. started playing uh, fantasy baseball at a high, higher competitive level with a, a league that I'm still in started in 1999, but the league had a message board. Right. Um, and every morning, cause again, I'm sitting there at my job waiting, dying to get out. I would post stuff. Right. And it would be funny, uh, recaps, fake interviews with the player, you know, it's real players. Whatever. And, 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 the, uh, 11 other guys in the league, um, would comment right and so mm-hmm. i that was my audience every day and then when i started doing stand-up and started uh, doing podcasts i stopped posting a lot of them would be like hey man you don't post anymore and i eventually was like yeah i don't need you anymore <laughs> <laughs> i have an audience <laughs> this makes so much sense uh it, it helps me put my initial uh social media experience into context mm. um because I I, I I can't remember what year it was early two thousands couldn't around two thousand two two thousand three yeah. two thousand four that that I think that tracks with uh, when Friendster was first around and then when when MySpace was emerging a few years later uh, but I had exactly what you're describing I had it uh, I was performing a lot I had uh, I was doing Fringe Festival every year and you know a random other shows but we had uh, the monthly late night comedy variety show that my brother and I started. I've talked mm-hmm. about it before. It was called look mono pants. And it was, it was n- naughty, but really, you know, influenced by vaudeville. And, uh, we, we had a, a dance troupe called the no pants dancers who did like a comedy modern dance. Every, uh, every show that we did, we did two shows, uh, a weekend a month. And we had an improv troupe that was all our, our buddies and we would, you know, rehearse and then we'd go out drinking and it, and, and an audience built up around it. That was a community. And like that, that was my community, both the, the people in look mono pants and the, the, the audience that this really loyal audience and all the inside jokes and all this community, it wasn't just a show. It was community and was feeling exactly what you're describing that need to feel seen and appreciated and i had that and uh you know i had always been a little reluctant to adopt uh technology because i liked lots of old things so i'd I'd be kind of you don't need this i've talked before about i typed most of my papers in college on a manual typewriter from 1940 Uh, it wasn't only only until the end of my college experience where i used a computer so i was already like okay what do we need this for but it was one of the the dancers in the show look mono pants is like we should all join friendster so i was like <laughs> okay so we did and we were all hanging out in person live i loved live performance i love live mm-hmm. connection so mm-hmm. a website where we simply listed that we were friends with one another <laughs> I used to joke, it's like, you know how, like, you know, sometimes you're around a four-year-old and a four-year-old just starts telling you things that are around them of like, I have a cat and that's a chair. And like, that's what this friendster is. Like, I, yeah, I know yeah. this, what we're all friends. Any joke you post, you told me yesterday, why yeah. are we doing this? What is the point? And you're helping me understand that not only was it me being reluctant and, and in my current opinion, foolish to not be interested in adopt new things. I was stubborn and foolish and hurting myself with that. But it was also like the need it filled I had at that time. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and I want to be clear. You, you could look at it with like an, um, a negative lens of we all have this need to be attention. And this, you, you, sure, I get that. And you see that now. 
But it's beyond that. It's us as human beings. It's how we feel valued, how you, how we feel accepted and how we feel uh, fulfilled. And especially if you're an artist and this is the way to yeah. do it, if you post a picture. Yeah, it's not, it's not all a negative thing to me. It can go negative places, uh, definitely can, but everything can. We did a food episode last week. That's positive until you turn it into negative by never stop eating nachos, right? It, <laughs> it's all there. And I don't mean to get, uh, you know, uh, some stoic philosophy there or anything like that. But uh, No, we talked about with our acting episode too of like, yeah, you absolutely can take, take it too far and it can become, you know, vain and extremely egocentric where you only care about what you have to say um and and you don't really care about other people you just (laughs) they're just laugh machines for you you know you can take it too far but there's absolutely nothing wrong about wanting to be seen and heard we all want to be seen and heard Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and there is friendster.com yeah so uh, we'll move on but i have one other question for you about your friendster experience did you connect with people um who are geographically farther away from you on friendster Yes, it did. And quickly merged into MySpace, which started rolling up at that time. And I was still on Friendster Friendster actively until like 2005 or six um, because I I, um, had – I remember specifically I had met a friend and and I'll just say it. I was was interested in her and and, 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 and I went to find – she had old pictures of herself at USC and everything and I was on Friendster. And this is like we were still like commenting back and forth. You know, cyber flirting uh, in <laughs> 2005 or six before I we went to, to MySpace. But yeah, I did. And I had started writing um, music reviews for a website called tinymixtapes.com. And through that, people would, would find me. And I had kind of a, a music pen pal in Toronto and, and one uh, in, in Pacific Northwest. And, and yeah, that started to open things up a little bit. Yeah. 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 I think that was one of the other things too, of it didn't expand out of the local. And I think that is such an uh, important part of social media, which I think is a good segue into the next question. I want to ask you, um, what was the first moment that social media became important or impactful to your life? It sounds like maybe it was Friendster, but was there, mm. was when, so you were on Friendster, you were having these social opportunities, uh, opportunities to be seen and heard, opportunities to to meet people you're romantically interested in, which is also mm-hmm. important. And I was yeah. also in a committed relationship, living with a woman, yeah, <laughs> in my friendster. So I I was not in that in that zone either. Uh, but then you you backed away from it. When did you get back on the hype train? And and was it was it even more impactful than your initial contact with Friendster? I yeah, I think. This question of when it become important or impactful to, to your life beyond the stuff we're talking about, I, I, I have to take it to career. And I don't know if you go there as well. So, yeah. you know, there, there's friendships and there's finding old friends. And I'm still I still like going to high school reunions. I think my 30th is coming up soon. I'll probably go. Like, I like that stuff because I like being social now uh, before I didn't. And I like uh, having a drink at the bar and talking with friends. But, you know, without a doubt, by, by the time MySpace is rolling, you're like, oh, there's that kid from high school. <laughs> I like or hated or what, what's, what's Chad doing? Um, beyond that, I really do think 2012, um, I, by this point, I'm starting to produce um, the podcast for, for the Schmoes No uh, guys. And um, my Twitter handle was Cospan at the time, which is uh, my last name backwards. And, and uh, you know, it's a different time. But that's when it really became impactful because it was truly, now it was a tool. Now it was a currency. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of bad things to that and 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 we you and i both been uh, you know part of decisions or have been affected by decisions in this industry of well how many followers do you have mm-hmm. uh you can be hurt by that but that's when it started to like oh and yes it's fun it's flattering the attention and when you get a lot of you know i had a 
a, a little explosion of followers to get me towards a thousand in 2012 or two, two, 2013. And, and it was, in, it was, it was insane in a way, especially for me as a kid who felt he never got anything as a kid and was quiet and the one in the back of the class and no one paid attention. It suddenly beyond just ego, beyond just feeling good. It was like, Oh, okay. What can I do with this now? I launched a podcast after that. I started, you know, getting back into stand. Like it, it, that's when I think it really was truly impactful for me. Yeah. Was that, was that Twitter mostly? Mostly Twitter by then. I, 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 mean, I still check Facebook every day, day just to make sure no old high school buddy is tagging me <laughs> offensive, but uh, uh, yeah, but uh, yeah, but definitely Twitter. Yeah. Yeah. I think for me, that's when it became impactful as well. Like I tried MySpace for a while, but I didn't put, I didn't put my back in it. I just, I had it as a, my, MySpace page was the, the weekly show I was doing then a show called adventures in mating. And it was, you know, it was a purely promotional tour tool and it wasn't, you know, really Mm -hmm. making a connection. So that was my only dabbling with MySpace. So then I eventually was like, okay, uh, I really got to get into, uh, Facebook and Twitter. It's going to help me, uh, you know, make connections and, and sell shows. So for me, it was both. There was a, a friend from high school, from junior high. I met him in seventh grade. I had a picture of Adam West Batman on my Trapper Keeper, <laughs> mm. which was at that time, as we've said, that was a bold statement. That was a challenge <laughs> yes. uh, yeah. to perhaps be harassed. And, and he was like, you got Batman and Trapper Keeper. And I thought he was going to mess with you. He's like, yeah, what about it? It was like my first words to this guy. And then we became, you know, great friends. Mm. <laughs> uh, so through junior high, we played in our, the band together. He played bass. I played drums. Uh, mm. Big comic book guy we collected action figures together um through the first couple of years of college and then we lost track of each other and uh and, and he moved out and i didn't know his phone number anymore so it, it would have been there's like well maybe someday i'll bump into kevin at ikea but other than that i don't know if i'm ever you know i don't know yeah. how, how to find him you know yeah like i maybe could have called his mom but i felt bad about losing contact uh so when I got on Facebook, he was one of the first people like, I'm going to find Kevin and we reconnected and we've been friends ever since. So that's, that was like a real impactful, like direct connection of Facebook. So mm-hmm. I think that was a huge moment for me. And then everything else is, I don't know, it, it, it's weird to say career because, right. you know, especially, you know, podcasts and, and doing shows together, it is career but it is also the people that you you go through life with mm-hmm. um the other people you perform with so it, it is career but it is also connection it's you know mm-hmm. the the old vaudeville troupe except for we're spread across the world and connected on social media um yeah. but I, I know i've mentioned this before kind of a, a big part of my life story is uh my friend bill corbett who people know from rift tracks and Mystery Science Mm -hmm. Theater. He uh, lives in Minneapolis. He came there uh, on a playwriting grant uh, and, you know, Mm. fell in love with Mystery Science Theater and all that stuff. So um, he he had invited me to do a a show together. We did a couple of shows together. We did it at the San Francisco Sketch Fest. And this is about 2009. And uh, it just so opened up my world. I had kind of a fledgling little Twitter with you know some local friends and, and Bill tweeted out mm-hmm. like, Hey, here's my friend. Uh, we're doing some shows together. You should follow him. Mm-hmm. And just an avalanche of humans from mm-hmm. all different parts of the world. And some people who I'm still friends with who are like, you know, um, software engineers uh, and Jerry Ryan followed me just because mm-hmm. Bill Corbett said, and, and there was mm-hmm. so Minneapolis is beautiful, a beautiful city, a wonderful place to, to make a, a, a life full of art. 
But the mm. way I was raised in Minneapolis was like, it, it, it's a bubble and everything outside of it, like is, is far away. And how are you going to get there? You know, like <laughs> you could, are you on <laughs> yeah, like you could do some bonkers thing of just move yeah. to big, scary Los Angeles or New York with no safety net. And <laughs> it was like, Bill said, follow me. And mm. there was that first bump and the world opened up. It, it, mm-hmm. And it is about career, but it is far more about like, oh, I, I I can just, all these things that are so far away and totally inaccessible, other parts of the world, other levels of, you know, career, um, suddenly became like, oh, that's not this impossible dream. It's a real thing and it's other people and you can just connect with them. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, mm-hmm. I mean, I know you've talked about growing up um, with LA only a few hours away and still feeling like it was a mystical faraway place. Uh, oh, yeah. But it, it really felt like a mystical faraway place and the idea of uh, doing comedy everywhere and touring and you know uh, all of that mm-hmm. opened up because of of in doing podcasts you know all of that mm-hmm. all of that opened up because of social media yeah yeah and, and that stuff it's it's amazing and it, and it is um it, it that that's part of the change that's part of why i at the end of the day i can't i can get angry with it i can step aside from it for a little bit but i, I i'll i'd never want it to go away um, no, because it, 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 it helped push past, uh, helped a lot of people push past the gatekeepers and, and the, the, that's, so there was a reality to it. You move, I moved to LA here in 98 and it's just like, you know, back then it was still traditional. I had a, I had a, I remember paying for my second groundlings class with a check in my checkbook, like <laughs> you down you go down to the, the the office and do like and you just how to get things was 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 uh, was harder different more difficult and and yes there's a, there's always going to be a negative byproduct of it but also things just change and the standards are different I, I I I don't love a lot of people that get these giant careers immediately from social media and I think time sometimes can prove that they not only don't have the chops maybe as actual entertainers um, by actual entertainers, I mean, come from a theater, a comedy, a training background. Um, they're just thrust in the spotlight, but all, all, often they're not prepared for it in their, and, and, and their, and their character shows. And that's why you have suddenly, Hey, remember that person real famous 10 years ago? Turns out they were also really horrible. Not because maybe they're a horrible person, but they did horrible things because they just didn't know what to do with this massive influx of fame that came from the social mm-hmm. media. There, there's, there's a plenty of documentaries to watch about how dark this is. <laughs> but I also think it's really positive when we talk about other aspects, but it was career-wise. And, and yeah, that, that's I, I, I got us... But working for Screen Junkies was when I finally got a bigger push. You know, you, you could see it happen every every month. Um, you know, just oh, yeah. Five, no, I remember years. that. Yeah. But it's crazy. I, I watched my friend, uh, Kathy Kelly, who works for WWE uh, now and had worked uh, when she first got hired. She left for a couple of years. I watched and she's this really talented, dedicated, hardworking, smart individual. She gets this dream job. They announce her. And I watched on social media as her her following went from a thousand, ten thousand, twenty thousand, thirty thousand, forty thousand mm-hmm. in the span of one day into one week. And it was crazy to watch that. Uh, and that, that can be scary, that can be daunting, but also it can be um almost like Harrison Ford and the Empire of Dreams documentary. Let's get to work. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that is yeah, that that is fascinating. And I think there was a shift in in social media where uh, Twitter in particular that when I started, part of the power of it was the retweet of, oh, if one of my followers with, with you know, a bigger following likes one of these jokes, that's the way to get followers. And then jokes be, jokes are still a big part of it, but became less important. And it became more about, like, 
who do you like on on YouTube and streaming shows and you follow mm-hmm. them. And I remember just being sort of um, happy for you, but gobsmacked that, mm-hmm. you know, you were tweeting less. And <laughs> it was yeah. like, Ken's, Ken's kind of backing off from Twitter and gaining 10,000 followers a day for it. But it, uh, I'm joking, but it was, the, it was yeah. that shift where people were, were connecting with you, falling in love with you by seeing you on Screen Junkies and yeah. just going, I want to be connected to that guy. And, yeah. Yeah. And, and so that was also, that was about connection and community. It was almost like a vote of like, I like that guy in the way, yep. the way I, the way I tell the world, I vote for this guy to succeed is a follow on Twitter. That's a great way to look at it. And I'm glad a lot of people voted for me. I, I wasted their vote, but uh, I, 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 really <laughs> think, um, I really think you're right. That, that the shift and, and, uh, and again, good side, bad side to it, but uh, yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. Really fascinating and lots of shifting now. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, as we're talking about it, uh, I think we both, you know, really felt that our, our understanding of the world was expanded by social media. We're connecting with lots of different people um, a- across the world. What was your journey with that? Not just the um, connecting with maybe people you want to perform with or new fans from that, that perspective, but also just the, maybe you don't even follow them, but somebody mm-hmm. reshared, you know, uh, these, these life journeys and these dif- different perspectives. What was your journey with that? Um, you know, it was always fun and it was always a little harmless and oh, that's cool. And you like this movie and you're, you're, oh, you're in Japan and you, you post a nice picture. You're visiting there. Oh, that's great. And then it started really changed for me with news and, and, and news being spread at, at the speed of light, which we uh, a couple of years later would find out that's eh, pretty dangerous, but <laughs> um, it challenged me. And as I've gone through a lot of changes in life and my, my outlook on the world or how I understand the world or what I want to be in this world, it, it wasn't an easy transition. And, and there was a lot of bigger incidents that would happen that would challenge my opinion, my, 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 my own perspective, my opinions on, on a situation on, or what I thought of something. Um, because I was watching it unfold on Twitter and talk about the rage machine, I would be getting angry at, at some folks I, and sometimes I'll say they don't tweet out the most nuanced takes, but they're also in the middle of it or the passion, but they've got a lot of life experience and you couldn't ignore it. You had to maybe sift through some of the, the, the rage or the lies or whatever, but you, you were hearing the stories and that's, what I think what everyone goes back to. And, and I think I fought that because it was challenging me in a way in which I'd never been challenged because you could almost choose how you, how you want to be challenged in the past. Right. Uh, you either watched the nightly news and talked about it the next day at work or, or you just didn't need to engage with it. It was easier to be apolitical, easier to sit in the middle on, on, on situations or, or, or causes. Um, now it was, and I remember being distinctly upset. This is around the 2014 range. Um, I think the stuff going on in Ferguson was around that time, right? And I just wanted to go on and, and see a silly joke or talk about the foibles of eating a gas station sandwich. And I couldn't do that, right? Uh, or at least you couldn't do it with a sense of um, decency, <laughs> with, with the pain and the struggle and the anger right. in the world. And that started, so I, 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 I started to shrink back a little bit there too. I didn't know my place in that. And, and I've never really fully gone back to po- posting regularly uh, jokes and comments and life experiences stuff. I, I, I've, I've looked at it a little differently. I couldn't change it. And, and, and prior to that too, though, uh, there's a moment of, um, I remember there was a, an incident going on in like maybe, I don't know, car chase, but it was something a little bit more elevated than that. And I remember, I don't know, 2011, 12 range, I don't know. And I remember trying to get 
do what I would normally do. Turn on the local news. Let's see what KCAL 9's got about this. <laughs> and they weren't breaking in live. And then when the news went up, uh, the uh, hi, welcome. It's the four o'clock broadcast. Uh, cats, are they your friend? Was the lead story. And I'm like, this thing happened today. It's still mm. going on. And I, okay, I'll go to your website. Nothing, nothing. But it was Twitter. And Twitter mm. was the one carrying the news. And, and again, you're going to have some opinions against some people, blah, blah, blah. But like it, you were seeing raw video, you were seeing the story. And I, and I even remember posted something about that on Facebook, like a, a comical, cynical, grumpy version of what I just told you all there. And that, that forever changed. So, so, so that's how it truly started to, to really um, change my journey with it. I, I started to realize how important it can be. Yeah, you're making a really good point about not only is it how fast we can share information, it's who gets to share information. Yeah. That's definitely obviously something that, that we're really um, going through some deep pain with the algorithms and the purchase of social media sites mm -hmm. by uh, <laughs> unstable mm -hmm. uh, egomaniacs. Um, but in some of those early days, the power of Twitter to be like, people are seeing, you know, these weird lights. And then you realize, oh, they are seeing a military action that mm -hmm. we then hear about a little bit later. And, uh, you know, the ability for not just sort of the the official version of things, but people on the ground to say, the power of the people, like, this is what we're seeing and hearing. Um, yeah. That is huge. That's huge. Yeah. Um, I think for me, there's a, there was a couple things. Uh, I think just... Uh, being more open to uh, evolving, um, mm -hmm. hearing the perspective of people who are are younger than us. So we talk about this so much with uh, the galaxy far, far away of really appreciating that just because we have these specific views that come from growing up with uh, the OT doesn't mean mm -hmm. that other people do. Anytime you start your journey uh, with anything, with music, <laughs> mm -hmm. you know, with a, with the late night comedy show on Saturday night, anything. It, you know, you, your perspective is is so valid based on your age and shaped by your age. And there's no reason to be grumpy about that. Um, yeah, yeah. Words and ideas spreading more quickly. Um, mm -hmm. I, I think it's kind of, I, I have a pet theory that the language of young people evolves quicker because due to social media, older people can take their new words and ruin them faster. <laughs> so true. Like, the kids come up with YOLO and within like a month, it's just like, you know, your grandma is saying it. And it has none of that. Like we created this and this is special and unique to us. It's taken from them so fast. Like, oh, I gotta come up with something new. Uh, they're mm. ramping through it so quickly. Um, so there's a lot of evolution stuff. And I think the, the big thing for me, I'm always really uh, big about this idea of, understanding the universal through the specific. So the specific being somebody with a different life experience than me has a really different life experience. And the details of it are very different uh, uh, from mine. But the uh, emotions and the humanity within it, the universal, are, are so understandable. And bridging that gap between the joy of what makes us both the same and different and uh, and really, when you hear uh, uh, you hear a person's real life story, you know, it, it breaks down a lot of that 
us versus them, or I don't understand their perspective. And, you know, I'm, you know, the sort of the scary other, uh, thing that it's so easy to manipulate people with. Um, mm-hmm. I, I didn't have like the scary other, but I think I was, complacent in that like ah, i'm i'm accepting of people you know i mm-hmm. i you know i'm a liberal i'm this that and the other and um and accepting that ideas change and grow and needing needing to understand other perspectives i remember in particular um a, a friend made a joke with a, a word that was a, a offensive to a community and it was structured to like yeah i'm not saying that word I'm using it in the context of a joke and a bunch of people very kindly explained their life experience and why just casually using that word in a joke was still extremely upsetting and being able to have those conversations. And I know a lot of times it's just flame wars and just people Mm -hmm. screaming, but I think a lot of times it it is an opportunity to learn of like, Mm -hmm. Oh, I never had any problem with that. I didn't, you know, I didn't understand why that word was sensitive or this idea was sensitive or, you know, this this conception I have of the way everything is structured in our society. I never had any reason to question that. Well, here comes, you know, real human people Mm -hmm. sharing their real human story of this is what I went through and this is why. And it's just, it's just an opportunity to like truly connect on the deepest level and to, uh, you know, you and I have talked about a lot of times, I think there are people who can still look at a group of people and, and be loaded down with a bunch of stereotypes, mm-hmm. but, but then they meet their neighbor and they understand their neighbor is a person and a human, like, you know, frankly you know i've known people who are frankly racist and like they have a bunch of racist attitudes like but but not my neighbor (laughs) well everyone's your neighbor uh we're all Mm -hmm. connected and if you can hear that story if you can hear that story of a person and their experiences and social media was huge and continues to be huge for me for that and one of the absolutely most important things is hearing people's truth and being able to just calmly read it calmly uh, uh, take it in and absorb it and respect it and see if it doesn't change your heart a little bit. Yeah, no, it's a great way. And, and to, you have to sift through sometimes a lot of things we're talking about, the flame wars, the anger. I think some people, you know, uh, there was a the re- recent uh, historical movie out uh, that, that's in the theaters now. <laughs> and uh, a lot of people had, I thought, was like, I get what you were starting for from while, hey, this perspective wasn't in the movie. And it's like, yeah, that's the point. Doesn't it feel wrong? Yeah, gotcha. You got it. You, you hit the point. And, and, and it's easy to stop there get angry and and to just kind of cross your arms and go this is all got to go away but what you're describing is what's at the core of it why i still think you should you, you got to try to make this work for those reasons this is how we we work as humans i was just having a discussion welcome friends it's other center i'm gonna be a little more direct than we have in the past <laughs> i was having a discussion uh with a family member about ron DeSantis and a lot of the policies in florida that are designed to hurt the transgender community queer community and and, and so forth and so on right and and, and it's a real easy thing to support from a distance. But I told that person, um, I'd like you to remove that blanket term that's coming out of his mouth or coming out of his policies and insert the name of this person you know mm-hmm. who you had in your house because I brought them there. And then tell me what you feel about the policies. Um, if you still support him, we can have another conversation. Your choice, <laughs> your choice right? Got it, yep, got yep. it. Yep. 
but see what that does to you. And I think social media from the beginning, once it really started, and I, I don't know, I can't remember, I'm talking about early 2010s, but I think before then there was, we went from uh, blogging on MySpace and choosing our profile song to, hey, I'm going through something. I don't, I don't know when mm-hmm. that really clicked in, um, but that's the power of it. It, is, yeah. it, it allows uh, our human nature to, uh, you know, I always say, I have a joke on stage right now that working on it's, it's uh, you know, don't put your, don't put that fork in that light socket. And then you have to do it because you haven't experienced it. And you don't believe that person in their experience until you do it or until, <laughs> they, until you're electrocuted. That's our nature, unfortunately. Um, but, uh, and actually, and, and at the same time, the search for evidence, search for truth, you know, a lot of times needing to see it, needing to experience it, it, it's valuable. But I think this is what you're, what you're talking about is the core reason it's still powerful and still needed. It is yeah. true to say, that's not a group, that's me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, very, very powerful. And, and I want to find ways to continue because I, you know, it's, it's really actually fun to evolve and grow. <laughs> yeah. I really like it. And I want to continue to do that. I don't want to be stagnant and be like, I got all the answers. I want to keep hearing different perspectives. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And, and I hope that there continues to be means to do that. Uh, what is, Ken, your favorite thing you've posted or the favorite reaction you you've got, uh, let, let's go back to a little bit of vanity and ego. <laughs> what when was, what was something where you got some, like you put something good out there. You Caesar, you, you sent me this rundown and, and a lot of it, I was like, great. I don't even make, need to make notes. I got a lot of thoughts. I know I'm just gonna have to slow myself down, make sure I don't put all them out there, but this one stumped me. I don't remember. Um, I, you, you have, uh, I don't want you, step on what you might share. You've got some great uh, bits or jokes or comments that kind of rent, went around the world. I've never had that um, because I use social media far too in a confessional blog format. I, I Every morning, part of the reason I check into Facebook every day is I go to, I don't interact with it. I'm not on there. I don't post anymore. Uh, but I go into the memories page Mm. Just make sure what the hell did I say 15 years ago or 12 years ago or 30 <laughs> years ago. And so far, there's been nothing that I've been like, I better take that down. And that's kind of not me, never was me. But you definitely see the perspective. You definitely see uh, maturity or, or age changing things. And also just most of it is dumb. <laughs> most mm-hmm. of it's me going, another, another donut today. What's my life? Like, why did I waste time with that? But so I'm trying to... Uh, I, I don't know. Like I, I, I like when people, when I'm able to share something sincere, um, something that, um, uh, you know, gets people through tough times or a loss of a person, um, you know, telling a little story uh, and, and get the reaction. Cause then it, it means a, a little something more to me. Um, you know, I've, I've shared a video or two that's, that's been received well by the people that know me. It's never gone outside those walls too much, but that, that's the stuff. I'll still do that. I recently, uh, we, we, uh, Paul Rubens passed away at the time of this recording. I think it was yesterday. Uh, that affected me and a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Um, that, 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 that man was such an influence on my life as was, as he was for so many other people. And I love seeing those stories and I love putting a little story out there. And I was able on threads and Instagram to go a little longer, uh, than mm-hmm. I was on, on the other site. Um, but I love that. And I love the reaction. And I love people sharing their stories and we worked through it's what you talked about, the community. So I, I really struggled to find one thing, Joseph, because I don't know if I have that. Um, but I love being part of those moments, the healing moments, the catharsis, the joy, those moments yeah. I enjoy being part of. Yeah, you've, you've set me up so well to look like an absolutely vain a-hole. <laughs> 
on my water. <laughs> so I, I was like, oh, this will be light and fun. I'll write down some of my favorite tweets that went over real well. <laughs> I don't have any. You're funny. You're so funny on Twitter. I got, I'll tell you what. I got one in, in like 2011. I said, when I'm in the gym, I'm not looking for a spotter. I'm looking for a witness to greatness. And I thought there was a great t- <laughs> Three people liked it. If I posted it in 2015, it would have got 200 likes. Three people liked it. It's, it's the only tweet I thought was worth anything. Uh, it's really, I, I've, I've had, I've experimented with, you know, reading tweets on stage. Cause I got to the point of like, why am I writing all these jokes to disappear into the ether? And it's really fun to experiment with which ones land with a live audience and which mm-hmm. ones don't and, and vice versa. There's some like live jokes of like, mm-hmm. this is a solid meat and potatoes joke, joke. That's just, yeah. It's going to land with anything but the most, you know, a cynical comedy audience who already knows the joke. Mm-hmm. Um, and you put that on social media and it is a lead balloon of shame <laughs> and death, right? <laughs> and you go to almost any, it's just a simple setup, knockdown joke that's worked a million times. Nothing on Twitter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, but great live and continues to be great live. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah, I think uh, for me, it has been an interesting experience to have a couple of tweets that, uh, that I was lucky to have them be successful and then to have my name get scrubbed off them and have them be shared <laughs> yeah. uh, year after year and have uh, some people be really kind of like, I'm going to correct people every time that to, to actually credit uh, the person much bigger deal for artwork. Our, our poor friend, Brian Ward, who God damn it. And like, I just, I mean, he made, he made one recently, which is a, a combination of two properties we're not talking about, but it was hilarious. Mm-hmm. And I saw some of the biggest names reshare it. I even saw people I knew share it. And like, there, I've, mm-hmm. I didn't have time. I wanted to go and it's like, that's my amazing friend, our amazing friend, mm-hmm. Ryan mm-hmm. Ward. So that is kind of an interesting experience mm-hmm. of it, of the way that, uh, that ideas travel and, and that idea of, what is on something like social media that's so communal, what I think things that still, still need to be attributed because they could help people. Um, mm-hmm. It might make a difference in, you know, Brian's life and career. Yes. Uh, and I felt that way too, because we'll talk about it, but like I'm, I'm on social media partially because the more followers I get, the more I can do, mm-hmm. uh, the more mm-hmm. I can pursue my career. This is, this is lifeblood. It isn't just vanity. So mm-hmm. actually being, being correctly attributed and getting more followers. It's not about just the vanity of followers. It's like, I want to make art. And if this dumb joke will help me make art. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So anyway, uh, all that said, I, 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 it's still pinned on, on the site that I'm going to still call Twitter for now. Cause I can't deal with it. Uh, <laughs> I'll process eventually, but uh, it's, it's too soon. I got, I'm going through too much right now. I can't, yeah. Yeah. uh, but the, it was it was during a period where it's like I was trying to uh, write a, a bunch of jokes to just have in my back pocket for mm. Twitter, mm. and I think I was having a conversation with somebody in in the normal the normal Frankenstein is the the scientist not the monster uh, thing came up and I was like oh oh that uh, this would be a fun riff on that and I think it was just like I, I, like I had it in my drafts folder and. I think I watched like you know, some episode of a television show with Sarah and it's like, uh, I should go to bed. And it's like, you know, 1030. And it's like, I, what do I got? I don't know. Send that one. Mm. Uh, and it just utterly surprised that it was as popular mm. as it was. And it, it's the, actually Frankenstein was the name of the scientist. I, the person correcting you on this trivial point and the monster. Um, <laughs> and I think it ended up being popular because I, it was a, a, a good twist on a format. Everybody mm-hmm. recognized it. But I think the reason that it reached as far as it did 
is some of the the bigger name people with large followings that I was lucky to have following me because I had either met them or other or other people had retweeted me, blah, blah, blah. Um, related to how much they were being constantly corrected on social media. So yeah. like, yeah. you know, uh, Will Wheaton and Neil Gaiman and John Scalzi and people like that were like, yep, uh-huh. <laughs> Funny <laughs> joke, but also we feel this. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that's that's why it was successful because of that it spoke to a pain <laughs> that people are going through by being, you know, cruelly, annoyingly, pedantically corrected. Yes. Oh, that's genius. Yeah. Genius. Love that. It is a fun one. Uh, yeah. And I don't, I'm not even going to share the other tweet, but the other thing that has been popular is a couple of uh, tweets talking about um, creative anxiety, which um, mm-hmm. that was really interesting to me too. Cause I had, in person, a couple of friends to really commiserate with uh, the creative process. But for for years and years, some of my writing habits, I was ashamed of and thought nobody else does this. Nobody else. Right. Yeah. Nobody else procrastinates this bad. Nobody else gets that afraid of the blank page. And that was a beautiful thing of social media to realize, oh, everybody goes through this. Mm-hmm. The most successful creators go through the, I come up with an idea. It's great. I start working on it. It's the worst thing ever. I'm ashamed to, Oh, it's pretty good. I want to share it with people too. This is brilliant. Like that, that everybody goes through that path was a a really beautiful thing to learn through social media. Yeah. It's, it's, it's what we talk about uh, in our normal conversations about that shared unique experience. You're not, you don't think you're unique, unique with that experience because you're special. It's just, you think, Oh my God, am I the only one? And then you you plug into that community. It's a great, valuable uh, part of that. Yeah, yeah. So uh, we've been talking about some of the positives and the negatives. We're gonna we're gonna take a quick break and we're gonna wrestle with some of the negatives. Uh, but uh, we got this recommendation, right, Ken? We do have this uh, four center recommendation here, uh, and it is uh, it is uh, your choice, right? Yeah. Or this, this was, oh, Jen had the other one. Tomorrow, tomorrow, tomorrow. We talked about last week. But what is this one? This one is The Unexpected Mrs. Polifax by Dorothy Gilman. I've talked about it before. It is about uh, an older woman uh, whose husband has passed on and she's restless and wants to do something with her life. So uh, she decides to try to become a CIA agent and she does. And it's a mixture of uh, hilarious and also actually good thriller. So I suggest people checking it out. Unexpected Mrs. Polifax. Absolutely love that. Check it out. Help out the show in the process. Download your free audiobook today by going to audibletrial.com slash force center. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash force center for your free audiobook. All right, quick break. On the other side, we're going to talk about the bad side of social media. It's going to be a six hour conversation. I'm kidding. We're going to try to shorten it. We'll be back after this. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At Bluenile.com, you can design a one of a kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. 
Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Welcome back to Other Center. I'm Ken Namsock. That's Joseph Scrimshaw. Truly in a virtual studio today. Cross the country here, almost there. Uh, we are talking about social media, the good, the bad, the ugly, uh, our, our little jokes, our pithy comments, and the moments we've been part of a healing community. It's a, a wide-ranging conversation. Thank you all for listening. Joseph, uh, lead us through the dark, murky, murky waters. <laughs> we are plunging into the murky for sure. So for you per- personally, uh, Ken, what was your lowest time with social media? When did it have the worst impact on you? Uh, for, for me, it was, um, and I'm trying to go back, you know, like so you, you're right to point out that even by 2015, 16 range, when, when um, my work with Screen Junkies was, was raising my profile, I'd stopped tweeting regularly thoughts, opinions, this and that, but it, it, you know, uh, it, it already started to change, but I got to tell you, man, it go, it, you know, we're trying to talk around <laughs> that franchise in the stars, but uh, 2017 when, when episode eight came out and all the fervor around it and, and being on uh, both force center, but um, cluttered Jedi council, which had a higher mm-hmm. profile at the time. And, and I just felt without reiterating and rehashing all the things we've talked about before and probably will again, I just felt my joy was gone mm-hmm. where I knew it was part of my job to post, uh, hey, here's a link to our current episode. But I couldn't just be like, oh, my God, I love porgs, because then that opened up the floodgates. And to see what the what was, what was in that flood, because at first it was just, well, that person doesn't like it, and they're being mean about it, too. Oh, <laughs> that person has a completely different political ideology that they want to uh, uh, use against this film uh, to further uh, their grab for power. Uh-oh, I, my joy was gone. I, it was depressing. 
mm-hmm. it, it's still kind of depressing because uh, well, I'm definitely now not not talking about it online. But uh, you know, sometimes I just want to be like, oh my god, you know, I love uh, you know, I love uh, uh, Admiral Akbar, right? Everyone, right, 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 and and that that alone <laughs> will we'll mm-hmm. bring the tidal wave. And I, I, kudos to those who, who still do it to still navigate uh, that. I think you do it uh, more than me. Jennifer does, uh, you know, more, just even her videos and everything that she puts out are going to elicit that kind of response. But I, I, I felt my joy and it, and it broke me a little bit. It, it broke me a little bit. And, and that put me even deeper into uh, a social media shell where I was just a, 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 a engaged observer, but not a uh, creator in, 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 in the uh, landscape anymore. Yeah, it's totally understandable. I think I had two two lowest points. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I guess that's not they're not technically lowest. Then if there's a company, I'm going to rank my lowest points on social media. <laughs> um, but one was pretty soon after I moved to L.A. and two things happened. A bunch of people from Minneapolis unfollowed me, and it wow. it it just really hurt. Like not not close friends, but like people mm-hmm. who knew me from the the theater community, or maybe kind of fans or journalists from Minneapolis. And it was really like, well, you don't live here anymore. And I, wow. it, it was just it was just a bummer. Uh, but also like when I when I got here, I I was really aware of you get a good viral tweet, and it might really make a difference. Mm-hmm. And I got I got so obsessed. I got I was I was I would be like I should be working on you know a, a script or sketch comedy thing or stand up bit or whatever and be like, but it's about two o'clock and I should get another tweet out and you know it's got to be the one that could be the biggest deal ever. And I would freeze like a broken robot <laughs> mm. for like forty five minutes trying to go like, what's exact? What are people tweeting about? Mm. What's the exact right joke? And like it became very, very not joyful. Uh, mm. And I think it showed in what I was tweeting because it wasn't fun. I wasn't having fun. Mm. It wasn't coming from a place of honesty. It was coming from like trying to get the big hit, like yeah. Yeah. trying to write the hit single instead of just <laughs> writing 12 songs and finding like, holy crap, this one's the hit single, you know? Yeah. Um, so that mm. was a, a real dark point where I had to be like, okay, okay, it is a tool and it is valuable, but, you know, putting that pressure on myself, like, all right, sitting around in my pajama pants in my apartment, yeah. 2 p.m. on a Tuesday. This might be the tweet that makes my life. Like I had to, had to step away from that. And then for me, um, speaking of the, the the other galaxy, for me it was um, post uh, uh, episode nine. Mm-hmm. Episode eight, that was hard. That was hard. But then when it happened again and in a very different way and um, uh, Trump's presidency had had – uh, it was understandable that people needed to uh, 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 vent and cope with jokes and expose uh, horrors and all of that. But it, it had it had made it, people just didn't make as many jokes anymore. It was it was just outrage, and I agreed with the outrage. Mm-hmm. But it was outrage, um, and 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 for me, like the the things that I can just post that I like feel feel like they've been narrowed down to cheese. And even then I have to be careful yeah. <laughs> about someone getting mad at me because that's the wrong cheese to like. I feel mm-hmm. like it, I, I, I never left and I, I tried to keep going, but I felt like that was it. That was another time. I was like, I'm not enjoying being here and I'm having to do so much work to find out like, what's just a fun thing I can write where no one will yell at me. Cause mm-hmm. I just want to broadcast something fun. Mm-hmm. I want it. It was one of those, like, you know, if you don't like the way your neighborhood is going, don't move away, uh, you know, help your neighborhood. And it's like, yeah. 
Uh, this yeah. is not fun work, but I'm going to stay here making dumb jokes about exercise and cheese because I want this neighborhood to stay strong. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I, I think, uh, yeah. And, and the up and down of, of what this all can be, I think it's, it's, it's just like life. You know, I love, I, I do love working. I love working hard. I also love not working even more. And it's just knowing that you need to take those breaks <laughs> and knowing that you yep. need to put out there. And as you and I and, and Jennifer have, have gone deeper into, in, into what we talk about around these parts uh, with the themes and how they go into life. It's like, I, you know, I enjoy engaging in that level too, but I, I agree with you, you know, like I, you know, I always give the example. I pineapple on pizza is the most genius invention of my my lifetime. Next to the microwave and Twitter, I just love it. But man, people will jump me in an alley. They will jump me in an alley. <laughs> yep, yep. In the game of like, I, I want to structure this joke this way. It's the best way to structure it. But there is a world where you could interpret that phrase sexually. And if I do that, you know, okay, I I should use the word, uh, frankly, C O M E. Uh, that spelling, that meaning, I should use that word. That's the best joke structure, but I can't because I'll get 8 million. Oh, yeah, it sounds like you want to blah, blah, blah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, not the I, darkest part of social media, but a really funny and uh, an annoying one to know it so well and know comedy so well. Of like this utterly basic sex joke is yeah. uh, I have to restructure it to avoid it. I, 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 I have a working theory that 95% of social media posts and replies and comments can be responded to by one uh, a post. Okay. <laughs> That's all I want to put out most of the time. Okay. <laughs> Sounds good. Mm -hmm. Fair enough. All mm -hmm. right. Yep. Uh, I love it. Maybe we can start OK.com where we all just <laughs> hey. post OK to okay. one another with that tone. You do you.com. Yeah. Um, so we've talked about social media is is communication. And anytime the world has advanced and, and how quickly information can be shared, there are good and bad impacts from that. So I think some things we attribute to social media, I'm sure people were saying about, you know, this newfangled radio. Yeah. Um, yeah. But what is unique to you? Uh, that is negative that social media is contributing to society? Um, I, I think I just saw this week. I, I, I'm a big fan of, of uh, Ken Burns, the, the filmmaker, the mm -hmm. documentary filmmaker, and I love, I haven't seen all of his docs because he's got so many out there, but the big ones, uh, the big hits I love. And, but I, I've, this weekend I stumbled on some interviews with them over the last actually 30 years. Um, and you get in that algorithm on YouTube and suddenly they're like, Oh, did you like Ken Burns? Here's 19 interviews with him that you might want to watch. So I ended up this weekend watching him. He's such an eloquent man. And, and I, I, I actually would love to hear him discuss uh, space franchises because he understands mm -hmm. that the themes of life um, spill out of the things that you're talking about. And he said something that uh, he, and it wasn't any, he's older now, but he, he it wasn't a, kids these days vibe because the big thing mm. that we've seen is 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 a lie can spread around the world 50 times before the truth even begins and mm. that's that's a, a, an honest way to look at how fast information changes we again we can't change that and and um and and i think that's that's what i'm seeing and have seen for a long time and, and it can be frustrating and again sometimes you got to be careful about the voices you don't want to you don't want to shut out any voices just because they're they're sharing something fast and and uh true to themselves but yeah mm -hmm. that, that, that's a very that one hit me this weekend um as i uh, battle uh 
not uh, I pulled out of it, but uh, battled and watched other people battle UFOologists. Mm hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, undeniably with some of the things that happened to the, the, you know, the, the site uh, that, that formerly known as Twitter, um, and certainly Facebook too, but the, the rampant, um, disinformation and misinformation, uh, you know, difference being that uh, misinformation is just, uh, incorrect facts that are, well, I didn't know that was wrong, but I shared it. Mm -hmm. Uh, and then the disinformation, which is a a lie on purpose to spread Mm -hmm. on untruths for an agenda. Um, and I would, it's, I, and I would call, you know, disinformation, uh, very, very destructive. Um, so I, I, you don't have to compare them. It's not a contest. They're both bad, but the, the, the unintentional, and we've all maybe done that, right? Oh yeah. yeah. We've all, but you know, the ability to look past a headline is, 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 is a lost art or maybe it was an art we never had, but we've, so we've all been there, but, but that's, that's the one, it, it, it goes a little bit to the episode nine conversation of like, we, wait, we were on the same side fighting for the same thing. And now you're against me and this thing and what you're what you're saying in your tweet isn't true and i'd it love to talk true. to you about that it's not true abrams didn't go into reddit and do that why are you treating it as a fact you're better than this <laughs> like, yeah this. and expressing it with the same rage and this is, with the same is, rage yeah is the people mm-hmm. yeah yeah so i i think yeah i think that it, i think because of of the pop culture the misinformation is is I'm very aware of that. And that feels destructive. Um, it feels like, um, such a betrayal of the, the, uh, early utopian ideas of the internet, that it was the mm-hmm. information super highway. Now, you know, before it was like, Hey, if you didn't know about something and you didn't have any friends who knew about it, you did have to work. You had to go to the library or, you know, mm-hmm. find an encyclopedia. Like, what is the deal with that thing? I don't know. You know, uh, in, the the idea of hey we can be far more enlightened if we never have to go I don't know you just Google it and you get a basic understanding maybe not you know all the nuances but you can find out what is that historical event what happened you know yeah. um and it, it it's such a painful betrayal <laughs> of the information superhighway to have mm-hmm. like we've talked about it a million times the the pop culture sites that that you know, spread uh, either uh, twisted truths or sometimes just straight up lies or, mm-hmm. you know, saying this actor is for sure cast as this character. And then you, you dig down the rabbit hole. And it's like some guy on Reddit said that and claimed to have mm-hmm. a source, but there's nothing backing it up. And there are, you know, all of these sites just repeating it. And I, I see friends getting mad about what a bad casting that that is, you know, mm-hmm. and going, just don't betray the information super highway. <laughs> Just click, you know, that I think is, is definitely, uh, we have the opportunity to, to check our sources faster than ever. And sometimes it's still difficult for sure, mm-hmm. but, just be not as fast with the emotional reaction, not as fast with the reshare mm-hmm. is huge. Yeah. Yeah. I want to ask you about this other impact. Um, because I, I have uh, found it in myself, and I'm curious if you do. Um, I think you and I, uh, I can sometimes be people who are a little bit in our shells or need our alone time. But mm-hmm. when we're on socially, we love being social. You were talking about how much you love a big dinner. And I'm, when I'm in the right extrovert headspace, I love that too. Mm-hmm. Um, I, 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 But I found after spending a little bit too much time on social media, it was great because I was getting community from there. But it was like on social media, somebody says something and you 
take whatever amount of time you want for your perfect witty retort. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Or you make a joke and you get a great response and then you don't have to deal with the awkward silence afterwards. And I found spending a lot of time on social media did do a little damage to my, um, my social skills. And Mm -hmm. I had to like be aware of that and rebuild that because I had gotten used to the rhythm of how discussion and community works uh, you know, on a, on a computer versus in person. Did you ever experience that? Did you ever feel like social media is making it harder for me to connect with people when I get back in person? Um, honestly, no, no, I'm I'm trying to, I don't want to leave you on an Island there. Um, no, no, feel feel free to leave me on an Island. But I, I think it's sometimes the other way where, where I, I, I felt uh, some of the things I was attending, and, and this is deep. This question here is probably we'll spend uh, some time on here. Um, where I, I was never intentionally, I need to throw a party to get Instagram photos, but I kind of felt that I wasn't as present in those moments simply because I was trying to document it um, for whatever reasons, and not all for career gain or social gain or clout or anything like that. But just I was having fun. I wanted the world. I want to share that joy. As I said, I, I have a. It, it, it could it could manifest into a bit of a problem in my life where I call I call it like unintentionally uh, egocentric meaning and I, I'm, a, I'm a comic I'm egocentric but like I I was a kid who who didn't have a lot of things who also was told you'll probably not get a lot of things by parents who were kind of like well God bless them um, woe is me we don't ever get anything and I carried that out. so when I started getting some things hey maybe a, a first date with a really uh, you know traditionally attractive woman I never thought I was told I would never get that. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, this job. Oh, I got to be a, I got to be in a wrestling ring with Roddy Roddy Piper. Oh, that's great. I, 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 so that I can, I can, I can act like, aren't you all happy for me? When some people are like, no, <laughs> like, <laughs> no. And, and that can manifest into, or I don't care. Cause I got my own things. And, and that, that kind of showed up in social media for me a lot too. Of like, I'm at a party. I'm going to post, I'm having fun. Isn't this great? And, and therefore I felt I wasn't as present in those moments because I was too, I wanted to, I was so worried about sharing it with the world and then wanting to remember it that I, I didn't mm-hmm. experience it. And that sounds like very blanket philosophy at some point, but it was something I personally kind of felt. Where now, we'll get into maybe some reasons where I slowed down a lot, but um, I almost miss it and I don't know how to do it. So now I'm almost two in the moment where I drive away and Grace and I will look at each other and be like, we didn't even take one picture together in a corner. Right. Uh, and, and, and so I got to find the balance a little bit. Yeah, no, I think you're, I think you're you're talking about a, a couple great things there. There's the how much do you want to document it versus how much do you want to be it in the moment, and you know I think that gets into you know people who are grumpy about social media and, and phones, which I think is becoming less of like you know put your phones down and stay active. You know, mm-hmm. and you'll see those memes of showing people on the subway or the bus in the 1930s, and everybody's got their head buried in the newspaper. Like yeah. we weren't yeah. all just yeah, yeah, yeah. heads up chatting, yeah. having a great time before phones. This is <laughs> this is not the only distraction in our yeah. lives. Love that. Yeah, uh, but but there's that great balance. But you're also touching on something really interesting. I think um, when you were saying from you have, uh, and I think many people do. I relate to it. A very understandable, uh, almost underdog perspective mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Th- uh, that you still feel the wounds of the very various negativity, the various um, ways that you were told that you're not good enough, you're not worth mm-hmm. it. And I, you mm-hmm. and I have talked a lot about the various ways that, that we grew up both from, 
from family stuff, from cultural stuff, from being, being nerdy, from, you know, not being comfortable with body types of, mm-hmm. we got a lot of information that we were not the way that we're supposed to be and we're unworthy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So when I do something that I think is cool, from my perspective, it's <laughs> the loser got a win. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So yeah. Yeah. I'm going to put that up there. But from the people who are so kind and kind to follow us and like us and mm-hmm. consider us great people who do cool things all the time. Like, you know, I'll post like, you know, hey, maybe like three times in in, in a row this week, I went to a, a cool concert or I did a show or now I'm at the ocean with a, a martini and my, my wife that I'm lucky to have one was also told I would never, ever have. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. For me, it feels like this is me, me scraping from the bottom <laughs> of the barrel, which wasn't true. I had a lot of, of privilege, but that's not the way I yeah, was. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's not the in, in, in input I got. Um, so for me, it feels like I'm going to post my few wins. And from other people's perspectives, like, well, this guy's just bragging. And I think people feel that way about you too, because you, you make a unique connection to people and they love you. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so they see you as a winner, even though like a lot of your jokes and your shtick are, are about the, the underdog and, and, and the, the, the crappy food you're eating. But to you, to them, you, you're, you're, a, you're a winner. And all these posts is just another, another win for Ken. But from your perspective, it's like, <laughs> this is what I scraped. This is, this is the one decent thing I did this week. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think it goes to what you're talking about earlier about, hey, you know, celebrities, they're just like us. I am not saying I'm a celebrity. I'm just like saying like, hey, we all we all can we all can believe the lie. And we believed it well before social media, you know, well mm-hmm. before Instagram pretty versus this is what I actually woke up like, you know, like those are all real things we have to be worried about. But I, I and that meme you're talking about of everyone on the train reading the newspapers is still one of my favorite yeah. uh, memes because I, I want to send that one to anyone who's got the old school anyone on social media they just share their food and they don't they don't engage with people it's a real problem but it's always been a problem so don't act like yeah. that but uh yeah no and, it, and it's um and it's weird and then i think there's a danger uh, i have a danger to um believe that negative hype that i tell myself that's a problem i have and i'm always working on it um always will have to it's it's i think hardwiring um mm-hmm. and there was a weird point in time where i didn't tend i i i don't a lot of people don't know this. I don't, we don't talk about this as much. I was in a relation prior to Grace was in a relationship for about three, four years that I had to keep, I had to keep secret for uh, various reasons. Some of it work related. Um, some of it, uh, her horrible, horrible, violent, abusive ex- ex-husband. So to get real world fast, mm-hmm. um, uh, Hey, it turns out uh, toxic masculinity can destroy uh 360 degree angles there. Uh, and I couldn't broadcast it. So here I was having a, a good time uh, with uh, a wonderful person and living life. Um, but online, I had to still kind of be on oh, me. You know me. Ain't never get no ladies. Like, <laughs> and it was a weird game. And then when that finally came out, I did finally say like, I had, so, hey, the last few years, I had some people who knew me, uh, fans, friends, but I kind of in an elevated position who I communicate maybe through Discord or something. We're like, what the beep? Like, the whole yeah. time I was lonely and thought you were lonely with me. And I was like, yeah, no, I would literally complain about being lonely on, on Schmoes and go home to her. <laughs> like, and, and it was <laughs> weird. So I, I had to pull back from that. And, and the, the, da- the downside is like, it's like, yeah, you can start to believe the own hype and then it can become a character and then it can become something that isn't you. And I think I'd move past a lot of that stuff 
um, to where, no, I'm worthy of this. Uh, I'm worthy of a, being not, not a, I have a hot lady on my side. I'm worthy of a healthy functional relationship. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. And, and worthy you, of you know, going to a good concert and having yeah. a creative win. And, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, or I, Hey, you know, I worked hard to be in a position to where I, I get to go to that party. <laughs> like, the party ain't everything, and that's not why you do it. Uh, and 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 it sh- if it's inspirational, it shouldn't. I still get that. Sorry, I'm rambling a bit. I still get that stuff. I'll, I'll post a picture. By the way, anytime on Instagram, I post a picture with Grace. That's the one that has uh, uh, fifteen hundred likes versus <laughs> the food ones of three hundred, as it should be. I'll still get those. Man, I I, I look up to you. Uh, I'm the loser nerd guy, and if you can do this, I can do it. And I like the spirit of that. But there's mm-hmm. also, uh, they're not seeing, they're not getting, they're not seeing their own value. Therefore, they're not seeing how I'm in this healthy uh, relationship with a, with a, with a great, wonderful, smart, sexy witch, you know, and, and yeah. also give her the credit. Uh, this whole like, man, if you can do it, I can do it too. Well, I don't know. How about she saw me for who I was and didn't judge me on the surface? <laughs> saw past what I even saw myself. And so it all gets murky. It all gets murky. And social yeah. media just is mud into the bog. Yeah. And I, I really get that, especially for, for younger people who are being, they never knew a world that wasn't Instagram. Um, yes. yes. I really get the danger of everybody being fake. Um, my, my nieces and nephews were showing me a be real a little bit. The, the mm. thing where you, you, I guess you post once a day and you post whatever you're doing and you kind of can't plan it um, right, right, and get right. dressed up for it or sort of, you know, sell it as, as your, your whole life. And I, and I do really get that danger where people, um, really oversell that their entire life is perfection Mm -hmm. um, and make everybody feel like it's a competition. But I I really try to engage with social media is I assume everybody posting is having some rough stuff. Mm -hmm. So they're sharing the thing that brought them joy or the thing that made them feel like, yeah, I'm a loser, but here was my win today. And that helps me really enjoy social media more. Yeah. 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 So we talked about this a little bit about the kind of the, the push and pull of how much do you really try to stay in the moment versus, you know, make sure that you capture something from an event. Uh, how do you feel when you don't document an event on social media? Does it does it feel less real? Like like if a tree falls in the forest and I, and I didn't add it to my stories, did it fall at all? Like, I, I think we're getting to that point. It's not that it doesn't feel real, because, uh, again, a lot of the, the philosophical stuff we've talked about and, and can talk about here's here's what i feel the, again going to almost at the start of the episode where you said hey it is here right this doesn't go away uh you and i both grew up in an era where like there's a bunch of baby books of me as a baby me in school no videos there's no there's one film of me as like a three-year-old that my late uncle had i don't know where it is my parents didn't get video recorders i don't have a lot of that and it's okay uh, you don't take that with you when you go anyways, but it, it, it it's powerful to go back and look at that. I love that stuff. And social media became that. And mm-hmm. I think, you know, a trip I took cross country in 2008, my first time in Dallas and Fort Worth, and there's some great photos of me at Dealey Square and everything. And I love occasionally, I'll just look through those posts again. It's a memory book and it's a time to remember it. And so I slowly stopped posting uh, more and more. And then there was a, a period of time uh, following the murder of George Floyd, where I absolutely just didn't post anything, particularly on Instagram. Right. I stopped. And for a lot of reasons, uh, I was working through what was going on. I also felt even though there's joy can be important and the laughter can be important in tough times and very much needed. I just felt right now me posting my uh, fireside whiskey is not the best thing. 
mm-hmm. um, and not where I wanted to be. And then it continued to go. And I, I got, I, I'll say a little bit stubborn on it of just like, I'm still not back, but it wasn't, I was just like, I'm not doing this. And, and, and people, some people were noticing and I'm okay with the decision for a lot of other reasons. And it wasn't, by the way, no protest. I was just like, I, I just, it does, nothing feels, especially COVID's going on. I have friends whose parents are dying of COVID. Um, just feels like a time where I should be extra wary of what I'm posting. Um, mm-hmm. Podcasts are my work, so I'll post links. That's good, but but I'm good with that. But but then I'll tell you what, man, it's continued, and I still I forget to pull out the phone. Like I said, the amount of times that Grace and I will be like, "Oh crap, we didn't even, we didn't even take a picture." Um, it isn't mindless youth. The Utes taking pictures <laughs> on their cell phones. It isn't that. It's how we document things. I don't remember. And I'll go back and I'll do I'll do the late night. Let me look at my feed. I'll look at, oh, I remember that. Oh my gosh, I love that moment. Oh my God, that's where Joseph and I met. Oh my God. And then, then there's just this blank spot for the last two, three years. Mm. And I miss it. Not that I didn't experience things and didn't know it. There's pictures of engagement. There's pictures of that. There's pictures of us in London. I'm getting better and better and better. Uh, and I think my, some of my reasons for not posting um, were good for me, meant something to me as I was working through uh, complicated and, and, and hurt and nuanced uh, thoughts on on big things in the world. Um, but I I just, it's like going back and going, what did I do during the fifth grade? There's no photo. <laughs> and that's where. Yeah. 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 I, you know, this is really on my mind um, because yesterday as we we're recording was, was the celebration uh, of life for my father-in-law. Um, and we did all of these um, f- photo collages printed out and um, uh, just these great slideshows um, that, that are his entire life. And I didn't, I didn't live like that either. I have, you know, a, a handful of photos uh, from when I was really young, um, like old, 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 weird faded Kodak photos. Um, I have horribly awkward, uh, you know, senior pictures. Um, and then I disappear <laughs> and then, yeah. and then you can see me dressed as a squirrel or other weird promotional things or in a bathtub <laughs> with a mustache with my brother, only from no real life, all, all promotional, maybe yeah. a couple parties here and there. And then boom, my life comes back, uh, yeah. when I have a phone and, yeah. And, yeah. and it is, it's my journal of my life. The, you know, social media, the, the photos in particular, but also social media, it's the journal of my life. So I, I, so it's hard for me of like, there's sometimes where it's like, okay, this event isn't the right time, but like, mm-hmm, I'll, I'll be careful about the way I say this because I don't want to defeat the point, but I, I did something really special, but for privacy reasons, it's really, it's really the right choice to not put it online. Mm-hmm. And I, I was surprised by how much it hurt to not be like, this was a big deal to me. It's mm-hmm. right to not put it online, but I want to share it because it was it was true and it was important and it was, it, I was, I was kind of surprised by how hard it was mm. to not share it. Um, and I got the photo. So it's in the journal of my life on my phone, mm. but I was really surprised by how much like it isn't about like, I want people to know I did a cool thing. It was, if this is community, mm-hmm. if this is connection, if this is a record of our lives that we're kind of sharing with one another, uh, it makes me sad to miss this, this moment of sharing. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I, I told, I'm totally with you on that. Um, and, and it changes. And this is why, this is why I don't have a cynical view on it. And, and yes, um, you know, I wouldn't want you to take a selfie at a, at a funeral or, uh, you know. Oh yeah. And that was not the one. <laughs> no, no. Um, I, this is personal. I have gone uh, almost every time in New York, I, I will swing by the, the nine 11 monuments. Um, 
I've never taken a picture there. I don't, I don't mind if someone does, I don't have a problem with it, but maybe the intent or what's in the picture sometimes upsets me. Um, yeah. that's me. Um, you might have a different uh, view on it or a different uh, standard in your own life for it. So I, I try not to judge anyone. Um, but yeah, so there's times where I don't, but yeah, yeah. Um, I, I don't, overall, I think it's great that we have this. I think it's yeah. great. It's tone too, right? Like the selfies at memorials of horrible sights of, <laughs> yeah. of yeah. violence and death. Like, I mean, take a photo because you were there or whatever mm-hmm. and detail that moves you, but maybe not a selfie. Maybe yeah. not a selfie. Yeah. I think the other interesting thing for me is uh, uh, I, I so feel the pressure of I, I am – I am made for jokes and I will only be valued if I make jokes. <laughs> yes. And when you and I get together to have four center meetings, I'm always, I always remember like, let's take a picture of us just at a meeting. And I always feel yeah. kind of guilty about it. It's like, there's no joke attached. You know, it's not uh, to advertise yeah. a podcast. It's just, Hey everybody, we're having a meeting, <laughs> and, yeah. you know, eating, eating some fries or whatever. And yeah. for me, there's the, a little bit of this kind of deep guilt of like, well, that, that, that there's nothing, uh, what, what are we sharing really? But that, yeah. and, and people always like those posts in, in that uh-huh. right, nice reminder that like just sharing the moments of life without needing to make it be like, I'm going to prove my value of being here by needing mm-hmm. it to be a joke or a two hour podcast. But instead you can just share a, yeah. a moment. Yeah, no, it's great. And it's part of that community. And it's, uh, it, I'm trying to get back to that a, a little bit more, even more and more and more. Um, yeah, I, I know what you mean too. And uh, yeah, and we have that, um, we have, we have that tendency. Social media is dangerous. It's a dangerous uh, weapon in hands like uh, folks like us where like the joke comes first. Uh huh. <laughs> Sometimes that sentiment is just yeah. fine. Yeah. Um, so as we're heading towards wrapping up, we're looking toward uh, the future in a time of great uncertainty uh, with whatever is happening or will happen with the site formerly known as Twitter um, and, and all of the competing fledgling replacements with the, the demise uh, or change of the site formerly known as Twitter, what is being lost? Uh, I, I think what's being lost is, is the, it is the most powerful communication um, tool in in our history and 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 there's others that have you know uh, you know pen smoke signals whatever however we communicated chopping the uh, you know art into caves whatever this is this is the greatest one of 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 maybe the history of mankind right like a, mm-hmm. uh, uh you can see why you can see why it's negative um and 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 i think to watch that be dismantled to a, a suspicious degree to start another podcast of, of how just rapidly and, and why and why um, it, it's, it's troubling because um, nothing else has replaced it yet. Now, now look, we've all been through okay, Friendster, MySpace, Facebook. I, I was on Facebook when it was the Facebook and my girlfriend at the time was in college and, and uh, getting her master's and, and sponsored me in right where I was. Mm-hmm. I, was I remember going, <laughs> Whatever, I'm back to MySpace. Um, my friend uh, uh, Dave, uh, Dave Gearhart, uh, a great animation uh, guy uh, out here in town, Cartoon Network and whatnot. He um, he was like, "Oh, you got to get on Twitter. It's great for you. You can do little jokes and 140 characters or less." And I was like, "All right." I was on it for like two years before I was like, "This this is nothing." We've all been there. We've all been there. But to see how that grows, to see how big this this grew, and to watch it tumble, I I, I don't know what will replace it. I don't know how. Replace it. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm on Blue Sky. I think it, it's very functional. It's it's a it's tumbleweeds just across my feet. Mm-hmm. 
It's a ghost town. Ghost town. Threads is is got the best potential because of who's behind it, but it's not the same. It's 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 like you described earlier. Everyone's trying to write the hit single. Mm-hmm. I don't think Twitter started out that way. No, I think everybody was just just joking and and being goofs, mm-hmm. um, and and that built the community. Um, yeah, yeah. I I think for me, what what is devastating about what is happening uh, to uh, I'll I'll be a big boy and say it uh, x dot com. Uh, <laughs> what is happening there is um, there's such damage to as I was saying at the top to artists in any any sort of independent creator, independent business person. Such damage to their their livelihood. Those years of work building an audience. Um, if, if you're already very famous and, and very established in an established thing, I don't, don't begrudge anybody, but you know, you're able to just bounce over to blue sky or threads and, and, and ramp up real quick. Mm-hmm. But I don't even know how to build on blue sky and threads. Cause I built mm-hmm. back in the day by with, with jokes and, and yeah. reshares yeah. and that's all changed. So I don't know if I can ever get back to the numbers that I had on yeah. uh, X.com. Mm-hmm. Um, and it makes a huge difference in my livelihood and many other people's. Uh, so I think that's huge. The loss of the sharing, you know, real time, big events and fun events, Facebook and Instagram. I still enjoy both of them, but they're not real time. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, yeah, I think a lot is being lost. And then on top of it, you know, the mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, Nazis, um, that, that part of it is real bad too. Uh, yeah. In terms of what is going to happen next, um, I think it's possible that one of the Twitter replacements, you know, will will win the battle, you mm-hmm. know, possibly mm-hmm. Blue Sky, possibly Threads, because the known people behind them, they're both doing a pretty good job of just emulating uh, what Twitter was in terms of functionality and yeah. look. But they're not there in the numbers. They're not there in the real time yet. Uh, I know, you know, I haven't been on much, but I know Threads was starting to roll out the the real time. But like, mm-hmm. I can use those to broadcast, and it, I feel ridiculous now. It's like, well, I should post a joke, and I cross post it to eight different <laughs> sites, <laughs> and I don't have time to engage on the site and get that community. It's yeah. like, what? I'm not. I don't. I don't have time to scroll through them all. So the community's gone uh, until yeah. one of them emerges as the winner. Yeah. Um, I think it's always possible that. Um, Maybe, maybe Twitter gets sold and patched up and, you know, it re-evolves into something new. But uh, I I think maybe in our lifetimes, I think it is a very good possibility to have some version of social media as a public facility maintained by the government. Um, mm-hmm. And I know a ton of people are like, no. <laughs> um, but, uh, and I understand that there's lots of dangers uh, uh, of that, of course. But also sure. I'll put forward things like roads. Uh, we do have things that are vital mm-hmm. to how we live that are maintained by the government. And, and in my idealistic view, the government is, us that's the theory then there are many flaws in executing that theory uh but if we can get to that theory i think that this realization that a lot of us have had because twitter has always been kind of a joke even as it becomes clearly incredibly important and changes people's lives in multiple good and bad ways it's always kind of been a joke isn't this ridiculous that this happened on twitter it's Mm -hmm. the bird site right but now we're all at the point where oh wait a minute the bird site is vitally important for news (laughs) for 
it, for uh, uh, independence, for finding your voice, for connecting with people, um, for something fun, for something vital. If if you need to reach out to other people who, who in your community who've had this experience and you're in a small town and you need like, it's vitally, vitally important. And I think we are getting to the point where it is going to be recognized of the internet is here to stay and we need something that can't be sold yeah you know yeah like yeah. roads mm-hmm. back to the internet back to the information superhighway if it is the information superhighway then maybe it needs to be protected so it can't just be bought and plastered with lies oh this is great uh i will say uh three uh words that mean a lot federal communications commission uh fcc uh, it's something that I had to live un- under radar. And here's why. Uh, it's, it's funny you mentioned Rhodes. Uh, I had to, I was going to close out the show towards the end, Joseph, with uh, uh, quoting um, the poets, the greatest poets of our time, the Spin Doctors. Uh, from 1994, <laughs> their second album, Turn It Upside Down. There's a song on there called Someday All This Will Be Road. And it is a song about the internet in 1994. Mm. Uh, computer mage, the plastic age, someday all this will be a road. Where will it take us? It's got 17 lanes. Where will it run? It's an interstate parkway. Here will it go? It's a boot print of progress. Where will it take us? It's going to be a road. Be a road. And I remember hearing that song in 1994 and being like, what is Chris Barron singing about? <laughs> Because our, our radio station website was going and we could, we were one of the early streaming stations, whatever that, but like, what is, what is he? I take Spice Girl quizzes on this thing. And what's he doing? Uh, a few years later, 1999, David Bowie launches Bowie Net and mm-hmm. gets into it. And there's a great interview you all can find out there in which yep. a, a reporter is, is like, what do you, this is, what is this, what is this thing? And then, and, and, and Bowie predicts the future. Doesn't just predict mm-hmm. it. He says this is what it's going to be. And that has continued to be the case. And a lot of it, I think, is our generation beyond who, of course, again, I remember no microwave. I remember microwave. So I remember this and that. And, and this is why I fight against even my instincts sometimes to look at TikTok. I, I'm not a huge fan of TikTok and the content on it, but I cannot let that stop me from understanding its power or the people doing it. And mm-hmm. they have control and they're moving it forward. Otherwise, you are going to be left behind. You're going to be Bryant Gumble and Katie Kirk in that famous clip going, what's ele- electronic mail? What is, <laughs> what is and, and things are new and it's funny to look back. We've all got those experiences. Yeah. What It starts there and I don't think it's changed, uh, Joseph. Look at the strikes going on. Where you still got these powers that be are going, what, you want to get money from shows on the internet? Which, of course, is the big, big battle in 2007 and eight, mm-hmm. And uh, they know what it's worth because they're hiding the numbers. And so then it, 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 that's what's your comment. I know I know. there's probably some people out there going like, no, the government should have been no. it. And I understand where that comes from. I, understand. I do too. Yeah, there's there's a danger to it. Yeah, the, yeah. They'll, they will limit what can be said, and even though they're not supposed to, all that. Yeah, I, yeah. I really get that. Yeah, the, 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 do not do not toss out the idea simply based on bad uh, uses of it in the past. But you know, um, the FCC is something I every every day, every freaking day, because I couldn't say the other option. We only choose to do it because we generally know we have a younger audience and we want to have our words be somewhat uh, uh, easier. But I use I use those words every day in my life. Use them on stage. <laughs> I wouldn't want to, you know, I don't want a FCC of stand-up comedy, even though I think words matter and people abuse that and are very destructive with their words. Uh, we all have that power, but I, I'm with you on it. It's 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 not a it's not a niche thing, and I think people still think it is. 
Yeah. Um, when, when Mark Ellis and, and uh, Christian Harloff started reviewing movies in 2007 at the comedy clubs, we I was one of them. We turned to them and said, what are you doing? You're reviewing movies on the Internet? You idiots. Stop. The power is <laughs> on stage. And, you know, I still obviously love comedy. I was trying to put on a comedy show at the time to do in, in, in at the Acme Comedy Theater with two friends of mine and, and actually a bunch of my friends, but two of my friends, one of them, Michael Beatrice, uh, a lot of you, uh, I think you, you, you know, mm-hmm. online. Yeah. They, can, they pulled me aside and said, hey, we shouldn't do this on stage. That's great. We can put a lot of money into it. It's one night people come out. Um, the internet exists. We want it to live forever. Let's maybe build a website. This was like 2005 or six. And I was like, <laughs> I don't know what to do. Anyways, all that to say, uh, the people have to, it, it's not this niche thing. We have to adjust how we look at it. We have to understand its power because we know it's power. We feel this power, uh, but we got to treat it as powerfully as it is. I totally, totally agree. It is, it's, it's powerful. It, it, uh, it everyone should have access to the information super highway. That's the super fresh relevant uh, mm-hmm. way that we're going to wrap this up with the spin doctors <laughs> <laughs> from 1994. The mm-hmm. spin doctors were right. That's our, our big message. Here's my super important final question for you, Ken. How weird is it going to be to plug our social media at the end of this episode? <laughs> it's going to be important because please find us. <laughs> please find me find me <laughs> lost in the digital woods uh go for it ken where can people find you? absolutely we are the four center podcast feed right now doing other center shows we got a big one coming up this week oh i think you're all gonna love it follow us on twitter at four center pod we are on threads at four center pod as well i gotta figure out how to get back in there i've been oddly locked out of that account on my phone but not out of ins- it's a thing. Um, uh, Facebook page is Four Center Podcast. We're on Instagram and YouTube. Available in a lot of spots wherever podcasts are podcasted. Uh, just search to find us. Merch available at tpublic.com slash user slash Four Center. While you're there, check out the art of Brian E. Ward. Uh, get a shirt. Uh, and, uh, you know, he needs the 50 cents from that shirt. No. Okay. <laughs> <It's also, laughs> we need it as well. Uh, Patreon.com slash Four Center is a great way to support us. Get into our Discord, debate uh, food and favorite comfort foods from last week, and uh, just help keep the show going. Follow me at Ken Napsuck and go to my website. Remember those? They're back. KenNapsuck.com for information on upcoming comedy shows. You, sir. Thank you for reminding me. I have a website, josephscrimshot.com. I'll even update it very soon. Hmm. And yes, please, wherever you are trying out things, Blue Sky, Hive, uh, Threads, I need to post on Mastodon again. Uh, please do find me on social media. I love the connection and it really does make a huge difference. i uh, got some exciting news coming up about short films. And if you happen to be in uh, Portland, Oregon, uh, this coming weekend, my short film, The Narrator, starring Phil Lamar, will be playing on Saturday at 6 p.m. at the Portland Festival of Cinema, Animation, and Technology. That is it for me, Ken. Hey, and it's great. You didn't mean to share it with me, but I watched it, and it's <laughs> wonderful. And I hope you all enjoy it uh, when you get a chance to go support it. Uh, that's it for uh, this week. Thank you for listening. Thanks for supporting Other Center. Uh, thank you for understanding these are our views and opinions expressed by me and Joseph and do not necessarily reflect Jennifer or the Force Center brand. I don't know. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. There you go. We'll see you next week here on Force Center. Imagine 
the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50% to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.